San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth Admission. Are you hitting the pandemic wall? Are you optimistic some days, but exhausted on others? That's totally normal, according to Chronicle reporter Ryan Cost. We're in a purgatory of sorts now. There's some good pandemic news, some bad pandemic news, and a whole lot of uncertainty about when we'll get our lives back. He has a new story on sfchronicle.com looking at this phenomenon and is here to tell us we're not alone. Ryan Cost, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I don't know about you, but I'm hearing from a lot of friends that they're kind of hitting their pandemic wall, and there is good news in terms of vaccinations um, rising and virus cases dropping, but a lot of people still aren't feeling that great. Um, Regardless, we're 11 months in and life just seems like a slog. And you found that in your reporting. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about what's causing that disconnect between the news getting a bit better, but life not feeling like it's really getting that much better. Yeah, I think part of it is just sort of this general yo-yo effect with the news. We'll get, you know, some really great headlines about how cases are dropping. But then there's also, you know, still more heartbreaking stories out there. Or, you know, we'll hear that it's, that again, cases are dropping and that people are getting vaccinated. But now we have to worry about these new variants. And Mm -hmm. so it all just kind of creates this, you know, huge amount of uncertainty and you know, we're all learning about this on the fly. So even as you go talk to experts, um, they don't always have clarity for what all of this means in that moment either. So, mm-hmm. you know, just day by day, we're kind of uh, doing our best to sort through the news and the headlines. And um, that can be exhausting, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought 2020 ending would be a big turning point, but <laughs> life yeah. has not returned to normal, shockingly. It, it hasn't. And, you know, I, I think... We, we love to mark things on a calendar. Of course, it was never just going to be magically better in 2020. And there are a lot of signs, um, you know, for at least cautious optimism. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there are some signs to, you know, still be vigilant and to keep wearing our masks, keep social distancing, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved your quote in the story from a woman in the mission. Um, she said, it feels like we're moving from desperation to uncertainty. Can you tell me about her and what prompted her to say that? Yeah, so she is the spokeswoman for a local organization, the mission that does um, community health for the Latino community. So that can be everything from working with uh, children to mental health to actual physical health, that sort of stuff. Um, And what was kind of sad about that story is that, you know, before the pandemic, they were looking sort of toward the possibility of a new administration, thinking we're going to be able to make all this headway on things around immigration on the children in cages at the border, those sorts of topics. And then this pandemic came and it set, you know, everything back. So now, you know, they're hopeful. Biden, I think, adds a little bit to that. I think having the vaccines um, is a is a point of light. The fact that they have a vaccine clinic now in the mission is a good thing. But she's also really aware that once we get back to some sort of normal, there's going to be a lot of having to claw ourselves back to where we were before. Uh, Mm -hmm. She expects that students will be, you know, pretty far behind after this past year that, you know, the Latino community has still suffered uh, disproportionately in terms of infection rates and uh, health outcomes. So, yeah, I think a reason, again, she has some reasons for hope, but there's just still so much uncertainty and so much work to be done. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and all of the issues that were there before the pandemic have haven't gotten gone away. Um, right, many have just gone worse. You know, income inequality and poverty and hunger and yeah, and exactly. And I think that's that's where it's kind of sad. Is you know, we left the interview with her saying they just want to get back to that pre-pandemic level, but that mm-hmm. pre-pandemic level wasn't exactly something to celebrate either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where they're at right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of um, people like her and parents in general are anticipating, you know, mental health repercussions in kids for a long time. Yes, exactly. And then you also spoke with um, Dr. George Rutherford, an infectious disease specialist with UCSF, who was on this very podcast on Inauguration Day. So you're in good company as a fifth admission guest. Um, And he said he was feeling optimistic back then and says in your news story, he's feeling even more optimistic now. Every day he's feeling better about things. Can you explain if he's just a happy guy or (laughs) or or what, what is he basing this on? Yeah, he did caution me to take everything he had, (laughs) he said, with a grain of salt, because he does tend to be on the more optimistic side of things. Um, He listed off a lot of the things that we kind of started talking about in the beginning, as far as case rates falling, vaccines getting out there, people wearing their masks. Um, But he's also on a lot of different phone calls on any given day. And during a recent phone call with some other experts in South Africa, they just casually mentioned that although they had seen some instances of people becoming reinfected, that none of those cases resulted in hospitalizations. So that kind of comes again to this topic of the various uh, mutants or variants, as far mm-hmm. as can we expect for people who have been infected before to be able to you know, uh, fight them off Will vaccines be effective against them? And at least on this call, he said that people seemed optimistic that um, even if reinfection were possible, that it wouldn't lead to severe illness. Mm -hmm. So that's what had him (laughs) feeling positive (laughs) for that day. Um, And again, like all this is still, you know, so fast moving and evolving. He, I think the thing that he mostly uh, instilled in me is just this idea that we're making progress, but if we let off if we drop the ball that, you know, things could quickly take another turn. Um, mm-hmm. There could be another spike, another surge. So, yeah, it's, it's again, causes for optimism, but, but also just a lot of uncertainty and we're, we're nowhere near out of the woods yet. Right. And like you said, like, we don't know the end date. I think it's always easier to get through something when you know when it's going to be over. Um, right. But we don't yeah. know that. It's almost a little bit, harder knowing that you know it's possible because you can't just sort of surrender to this you know depression like you you have something to hope for but you just don't know when you're going to get there yeah there's also um limbo even among people who are getting fully vaccinated which is great um a lot of elderly people are getting their second doses now um and they can be a lot more confident about their own health but they also can't really go back to life like normal because so many people haven't been vaccinated and there's still that question of whether they could still be carriers of the virus and transmit it we don't know that yet um you talk to one person in that situation right where you don't really know um what you can do even though you've been vaccinated Yeah, I talked to a couple people who are in that situation, one of which is um, a person in the story that I quote, Justin Phillips, no relation to our own chronicle, Justin (laughs) Phillips, as far as I know. (laughs) Um, But he's a respiratory specialist at SF General. So he's had one of, I would 
I'm going to say one of the most difficult jobs during the pandemic, because as you're intubating people and working um, with them in that way, if they have COVID, you're obviously at a greater risk of Mm -hmm. exposure to the vaccine. He, though, was a pretty even keeled guy. He said that his job has always been, you know, relatively um, dangerous working in, you know, emergency rooms and in hospitals in the way that he has. Um, And that, you know, essentially, yes, he has the vaccine. He was able to breathe the brief sigh of relief. I think he said that he got to see his father. Um, But his life really hasn't changed all that much. He's still going into the hospital every day and having to treat, you know, extremely ill patients. And he's not exactly able to go socialize with friends at a bar right now because all that stuff is still, you know, shut down or or limited. Um, And yeah, so, so there's this sense that yes, okay, I'm okay, I'm protected, but everything else around you is still sort of in this frozen state. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Of course, a ton of uncertainty is coming from the school issue, as I've been writing about a lot lately. San Francisco public schools, as well as some in other parts of California, are still closed, and kids and parents are at their wits' end with distance learning, not knowing when that's going to um, end. And the same holds true for colleges with young adults striking out on their own, but finding that that's not really going well either. So you found somebody in that situation. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I spoke with a student at Stanford University. Leah had started, I guess, was halfway through her freshman year there when everything sort of fell apart. And she went back home, tried to take one sort of distance learning course, but it just really wasn't for her. And so she's now in this waiting pattern, trying to figure out, you know, when should she re-enroll should she just wait until everything is back to normal or you know is 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 this something that she should tackle right now and get it done with i think part of like what is difficult for her is that um she came to california on a need-based scholarship she grew up in alabama and she said that stanford was basically one of the most beautiful places that she's ever seen in her life and so i think for her she looks at it this as like she has four years of education, right? And does she want to waste some of that time taking online courses or does Mm -hmm. she want to, you know, spend that whole four years on this beautiful campus, um, you know, that she worked really hard to be able to get to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think right now it sounds like, you know, she might consider a couple uh, classes in the upcoming term, but she she seems mostly uncertain. She did say that she's been using this time off to sort of work on art, to make music, uh, that kind of thing. So it's it's not all doom and gloom, but it definitely she sounded frustrated. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really hard to be that age right now. At yeah. least we have our careers. <laughs> yeah. <going> well. <laughs> I mean, I remember, you know, when you start college, it sort of feels like the beginning of an adult life a little bit. And then I think to have that sort of stop so abruptly, you know, just as you're getting your footing mm-hmm. is, is a pretty sort of head spinning thing. For sure. 
Um, and of course, another head spinning thing is trying to run a business right now. Um, we all know that that's, that's hard even in the best of times in San Francisco. Um, and you talk to a couple of business owners who are just sort of in that purgatory now, even if they're allowed to be open, customers aren't necessarily coming back in big numbers or capacity is limited or the type of service you can offer is limited. So how are they feeling? Yeah, well, I spoke with one gym owner who has a a gym in the Mission District. Her name is Shannon. And she said right before the pandemic hit, she was going on four years of having this sort of small gym. And she was just starting to feel confident about its prospects for the future. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, this happened. And it's just been, you know, a matter of trying to staunch the bleeding as much as possible. But even even with the few things that they're allowed to do open, um, it just it's not enough really to to even come close to breaking even. So right now she's just trying to stay positive because she doesn't really have you know much of an option, mm-hmm. and she's just going to wait and see and hope that she can strike a deal with her landlord once we're on the outside of this. Um, but you know she seems to be pretty aware it's going to be a long time before her gym is operating at the level that it was before this all happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was a lot the same with the Kabuki spa. I spoke with the manager there and uh, she's been there. I think it was for a little over two decades. Um, And she loves that place. She feels like there's just like a sort of energy in the walls, but right now they're really only able to offer massage. And that was, you know, a recent change. The baths, she has no idea when those will be open. And the baths are kind of, you know, the thing that people go there yeah. for. They're these like big communal um, places. And I can't imagine being in a big bath with a ton of people anytime <laughs> soon. No. Um, yeah. So she, you know, she's not even sure if they'll get back to sort of their same business level that they were at, you know, for a couple years, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And she's also really worried about Japantown, which has had its fair share of um, just issues with businesses going out with not being able to sort of cut deals with landowners. And so, yeah, yeah. she's she's anxious about that, too. She likes that community a lot. Yeah. And I know that I, from talking to other business owners that that's a really hard calculation to make in terms of how long do you hang on because you've put so much money into it, but then you have to keep paying all the monthly expenses, rent and garbage and utilities and everything else. Um, those don't go away. Yeah. It's just wild because you want to think that, you know, okay, like if we can just last four more months, but there really is no, (laughs) there is no end date that we can all explicitly look towards. So this is what we need an end date. Yeah, exactly. Um, and on the personal um, front, I was wondering on a scale of um, eternally optimistic, feeling <laughs> very good about things to completely full of dread, where are you? I guess I would say that I am cautiously optimistic. I'll feel a lot better once I know that my family and loved ones have had the vaccine, of course. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I for one, and I'm not generally like a a sunshine, all of this optimistic sort of thing. I think I I have a hope that by, you know, this fall, things will be significantly better and so much better that it almost feels like a certain sort of normal for us. I Mm -hmm. think we'll just be so happy to be out of sort of this really dark period Mm -hmm. that that it's going to go a long way. I don't know, though, you know, for these business owners, for students who have been out of school, you know, I, I have no idea when they're going to actually be back to where they were before. I think that's going to, it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of time. 
yeah. and probably a lot of help from you know various governmental agencies. Mm-hmm. And what are you most looking forward to? Like, what is something that you just can't wait to happen? Oh, gosh. You know, I would really, really, really love to go, like, to the stud if they reopen (laughs) and go dance at a DJ night or something like that or DJ a night. I don't know. Just something like that. I I can't wait to get back into, like, a room with a bunch of other people who are just very happy. I'm going to come when you DJ. Okay. You're definitely invited. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I want to be at a Giants game. I want to be singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Oh, my God. Yes. Drinking beer. Yes. Yes. That sounds great, too. Okay, you can come to that. (laughs) Okay, perfect. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining me today. It was fun to talk to you. Thank you so much, Heather. It was great talking with you. Thank you to Ryan Koss for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening.